Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Off the Bench podcast. I am really thrilled today to have my friend Bill Jack, the founder of the Worldview Academy, back on the show. And we're going to talk about jurisdiction. We're going to talk some a little bit about politics. And uh, we're going to talk about a woke Jesus. Was he woke? Was he nice? What Jesus was like, right? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. If you're watching this on Rumble or on YouTube, please make sure to leave it a review. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review. Also, if you guys have a question for me, even one that you want me to send to my friend Bill Jack, we're going to tell you how to do that at the end of the show. And also, you can reach out to me directly at mailboxmonday.com at Heidi St. John. So I want you guys to think with me for just a minute about the state of our country. Think about what's happening in the White House right now. Think about what's happening locally, local jurisdictions. You guys have heard me say since my run for Congress that I have become more convinced than ever that we need to pay attention to what's going on right here at home. Because what happened to us in the last three years should never happen again. When we saw people yelling at each other in grocery stores, when we saw uh, all manner of just uh, wickedness and oppression at a local level, that was because the local jurisdictions, your city councils, the mayor, the governors, those guys were out, uh, out of control, really out from under the Constitution's idea of what a free country should look like. One of the things I love about my guest today is that he puts his money where his mouth is, puts his life where his mouth is. Bill Jack is the founder of Worldview Academy. And you guys know I am a super fan of Worldview Academy. And he is a truth teller from sunup to sundown. We became friends over the years, and he happened to stop by because he's in Oregon right now for Worldview Academy being held in Corbin University. Doing a Worldview camp. Yep. And I said, hey, could you come by? And look at that. You're here. I'm here. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Oh, my goodness. What do you think of the the, Firmly Planted? Amazing. Yep. It's great to be here. It's so exciting. It's good to see you. Because you were at the last last resource center, too. So you've got a good comparison. Yeah. This is incredible yeah. what God has done here. Yeah, it really is. So, Such an answer. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's the Lord, right? It's the yes. Lord. So let's jump into this because um, I have to go to the dentist. So okay. let's jump into this. <laughs> you and I both share a love for this country, um, yes. a passion for patriotism, uh, believing that this nation was founded on godly principles and that, um, and that we have a role to play in it. You ran for a state seat, right, in the state house in Colorado, in the great state of Colorado. Great state of Colorado, Centennial State. Yes. I ran for house, and uh, I was defeated in the primary. Okay. Okay. But I would the do first it time again. running. First time running. First time running. I hope you guys yeah. are listening. This was his first time running, and you ran for a pretty big seat. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. It is. It is, and. I would do it again, even if I knew the outcome were the same, because I learned a lot. I got mm-hmm. to get the message out about jurisdiction and, and a biblical role of government. And I got to meet a lot of people and yeah. encourage people. This is the greatest time to live. It's yes. the greatest time to be alive. Greatest time it, to be a Christian. Yes. Yes. Because God has put you here at such a time as this. Come on. Okay. I mean, D.L. Moody, James Kennedy, all those guys, they couldn't handle this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because they can. were there for you their can. time. We're yeah. here for this time. Yeah. Yeah. And and so we we need to be encouraged by that. But we have been trained over the past three years to to exchange a big G mm. God for a big G government. government. And government has used fear to neutralize us. Mm. We 
we do not operate from fear. We operate by faith. God has not given us a spirit of fear, Come but of on. love, discipline, and a sound mind. We have forgotten that. And so we have cowered in fear, or we will do things that are foolish and stupid because we don't know our liberties. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Scripture says about liberty, mm-hmm. and we certainly don't know what the Constitution says about liberty. Mm-hmm. And we need to be uh, educated on yeah. those. Yeah, okay? you're right. Yeah, you're right. So let's talk about this a little bit. Sure. Uh, one of the conversations I had with you, I mean, years ago on the show now, was the conversation about jurisdiction right. and what is the proper role of government. We can start, well, why don't you define jurisdiction? And then I want you to tell me where Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Covidians, fits in jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, if you break it down into its parts, you, you start at the back end of the word, T-I-O-N, A-T-I-O-N, S-H-I-O-N, I-O-N, all of those shun endings mm-hmm. that we tend to shun. Mm, yes, you see what got I you. Yeah. I got you. I'm okay. tracking. It means the act of. And mm-hmm. in the middle, you see D-I-C or D-I-C-T, which is Latin for speak. And then at the beginning is juris, juris which has to do with law. Okay. So it's who has the right to, to speak, speak law where. Okay. Okay, got so it. So it's the act of speaking law. You read it backwards. It's the act of speaking law. For example, can you come into my house and put your stuff in my fridge? I could, but it wouldn't go over well for me. <laughs> the answer is no, because it's my <laughs> it's fridge. It's your house. Okay? It's my house. It's yeah. my jurisdiction. Got it. So there's the family. Mm-hmm. Okay. When my children were little, my daughter, who's now 26, she was just the sweetest example of original sin that ever walked the face of the earth. <laughs> I thought that was as my we, daughter. <laughs> as we all are, right? And, and occasionally, several times a day, she'd do something wrong. So I would have to discipline her. Okay. Did I, as father, have the right to discipline her? Yes. Yes. Could I take little Ruby Nell and boil and eat her? No. No. Who would have stepped in besides my wife? The government. The state would have stepped in. I have limited jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Then there is the state. Can the state say, Bill, pay your taxes? Yes. Can the state come to me and say, we don't like the color of ribbons you're putting in little Ruby Nell's hair, therefore we're going to remove her from your household? No. No, not because, right now, but they're trying. Okay, they're really they have, trying. They have limited jurisdiction. Yes. Then there's the church. Can the church come to me and say, Bill, we found that you were in gross immorality. You haven't responded, so we're going to kick you out of the church. Yes, they can. And the scripture for that is Matthew 18, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 5. Mm-hmm. Can the church come to me and say, Bill, we're in a building program. We're going to take your entire paycheck this week. No. No, because the church has? Limited jurisdiction. And then I would add one, okay? And that is the employer-employee relationship. Okay. And that is that, uh, can my boss come to me and say, Bill, the toilets are dirty. Go clean them. Can your boss do that? Yes. Can my boss come to me and say, Bill, we're out of change. Go down to the bank and rob it. No. He can say it. I don't have to do it. Right. Because my boss has? Limited jurisdiction. Correct. Those are the four jurisdictions. They all rest on one premise, and that is that we are, we are self-governed. Yes. Okay? This is what our nation is built on. Yeah. We don't have a system un- unless we are self-governed. Okay. Okay? But who's the only person who has all authority? God. Yes, Jesus Christ has all authority. It's okay to say the J word here. Jesus. There you go. Okay? Okay? <laughs> because, uh, and we know that for two reasons. Number one, because he's the creator. Yes. Colossians. For by him all things have been made. Mm-hmm. And number two, we're twice owned because he's the redeemer. Okay. Ephesians chapter one, you know, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Okay. And it says, because he seated him far above all rule and authority and power and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. 
So he's the creator and he's the redeemer. All authority. He has all authority. So when he said to his disciples, go and make disciples, they understood it because he starts off with two words that I overlooked for 30 years of my life. And I cut my teeth on the Great Commission. Okay, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I, looked, I overlooked those first two key words, all authority. All authority. Now, that word authority in the Greek comes from the impersonal verb existi, which means it is lawful. It has authority, right, liberty, power, jurisdiction. All of those are wrapped up in that one word. So no wonder... They went out and did it because he said, I have all authority. Okay. So for the Christian, Romans 13 says we are to be obedient to the governing or the higher authority. Mm -hmm. Christians are always obedient to true authority. Mm -hmm. True authority comes from God. Mm -hmm. Always obey God. We have forgotten that. We have, during this past four years especially, we've seen... Romans 13, misapplied. Absolutely true, yeah. Because it says it's a minister of God to you for good. Mm -hmm. It says it does not bear the sword for nothing. It has one job, and that is to administer justice. That's its jurisdiction. Okay. To administer justice. You guys know how concerned I am about the state of the United States, particularly as it relates to education. More than ever, High school students need a course that challenges them to think about whether the founding ideals of this country are worth preserving and then inspires them to act upon their conclusion. Michael Ferris is releasing a new 30-week American civics course that will guide you and your students to deeper understanding in three core subject areas, America's founding principles, the mechanics of government and lawmaking, and the constitution that makes our system of government possible. If you pre-enroll by August 1st with the promo code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, you will save 15%. We've got options for co-ops and single household options. It's fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester classes release August 3rd and Unit 1 is available for free when you create an account at Lumen.com. That's Lumen, L-U-M. I-N-N dot com. Don't forget to use the promo code Heidi15, H-E-I-D-I-1-5 for 15% off by August 1st. Now, for example, does the state have an interest in having an educated citizenry? Yes. Absolutely. They should encourage education. Well, the citizens need to understand the law. And if they're not educated, how can they understand the law? Exactly. But should the state be in charge of education? No. Absolutely not. That falls under the jurisdiction of? The parents. The family, the parents. So if we started understanding jurisdiction, if the church would teach jurisdiction, it would give people pegs on which to hang issues. It wouldn't solve our problems, but we would not be as far down the road in confusion as we are now. For example, uh, when your children were little and they needed five bucks, where did they go? Me. Yes, they didn't go to the bank. They're still doing that, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're still doing that. Now, so the first line of defense against poverty is the family. Is the family. What if there is no family? 
It's the church. The church, James says, that this is pure and undefiled religion to care for widows and, and orphans. orphans. Yes, it's temporary. Yes, okay. nowhere in Scripture does it say the church should care. I mean, that the state should care for the poor. Nor should the state be in charge of corporate welfare either. It is out of its jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is limited to one thing for the state: administer justice. Mm, okay. Boy, are we operating outside of that? Because what's happening? Is it the government's job then to give me food stamps? It is not. Is it the government's job to determine uh, where my children go to school? It is not. Is it the job of the government to determine whether or not my child is of sound mind if he says he wants to be a member of the opposite sex? It is not. Interesting. Because there is jurisdiction. Jurisdiction matters. Government has become, well, maybe some of your your viewers and listeners will understand this analogy. Oh, they will. I've got some of the brightest, (laughs) most engaged listeners on the face of the earth. Uh, They are, but they may not remember this. Okay, Okay, try them. Let's go. Government has become Pac-Man. Now, Pac-Man was that game where, and you never won. Never won at Pac-Man. You may no. have gotten a couple of extra lives, yeah, but eventually— yeah. It wins. It wins. Yes. Government has gobbled up Come jurisdiction. Come on. That's right. In business. Yes. Does the government have the authority to tell a baker, you must bake cakes no matter what the request? Compelled speech versus free speech. Correct. The answer is no. The answer is no. And because, because government has become Pac-Man, it's taken the jurisdiction of businesses, of churches, for example— um, a friend of mine is a pastor in a, in a smaller church in, in Denver, but he was invited to be on the governor's uh, pastoral advisory committee okay. during the COVID issue, and they would meet via Zoom. He said, I attended those meetings until the last meeting I attended was when one of the pastors in one of the major evangelical churches in the metro area said to the governor, Governor, we just want to thank you for allowing us to continue to Oh, meet. no. Eh. Yep. He misunderstood the governor's jurisdiction. Exactly. Yes. The government has no jurisdiction to tell churches. To when. allow them anything. That's exactly right. Amazing. That's a pastor. So if pastors don't understand jurisdiction, they're certainly not teaching it to our people. So what should have happened? So, I mean, there's so many, right? There's so many things that are happening right now because... Because, A, we don't understand the Constitution. Ordinary American citizens don't. We don't understand jurisdiction. We don't understand our freedom. We don't understand why the Founding Fathers wanted the government to be limited, right? Government should be limited. We don't understand Romans 13. We don't understand Romans 13. And there, and that gave full bloom to the Rona and really the criminal activities that we saw uh, being uh, perpetrated against citizens in right. the United States over a virus, right? And so they're outside of their jurisdiction. What should we do? Because I believe, Bill, I'd love to know what you think. I think this is going to happen again. Oh, I, I think I, yeah. I think this was a, a precursor, to, you know, something. A test run. A test run. Yeah. yeah, if you will. Test run. It's going to happen again. What should the response be? Let's say that, you know, next week, uh, Bill Gates unleashes the avian flu again. And let's say that the government goes, oh, my goodness, there's this terrible flu and everyone needs to go inside. Everyone needs to wear a mask you know, mask up, all these, what should be the response of American people who understand the proper role of government? Because we were threatened, right? We were told if you open your business, you're going to jail. We were told if you don't wear a mask, you could be fined, right? Right. In Battleground, Washington, the sheriff opened up a website so that the neighbors could tell on, tattle on their neighbors if there are more than four cars parked in the driveway. 
what do we do? Right. I was in Texas after the governor had lifted the mask mandate. Yeah, it was so sweet of him to do that, wasn't it? So sweet. And it was after that, I went into one of the major uh, grocery store chains there, the big one in, in the Texas area. And as I walked in, I heard behind me a voice say, sir, sir. Put your mask on. And it was a a high school student, and I ignored it. But I just decided, okay, I want to find out how many people in this building are masked or unmasked. I was the only one. And this is a major, huge store. I was the only one. And then I left there and went to Amarillo, spent the night, and I went to a local coffee shop. I walked in. I was the only, only customer. The customer at the counter walked past me and left. The barista behind the counter said, you know, do you have a mask? I said, no, I don't wear one. He said, well, it's company policy. I have no problem with the barista. He mm-hmm, was just doing mm-hmm, his job, and mm-hmm. he was not snarky at all. But he said, well, if you sit at this table, I don't have, you don't have to wear one. I can serve you. That's a whole different issue. But then I realized, I realized the problem. From the largest corporation to the smallest mom and pop shop, Government has its hand in the till. Absolutely Government true. is saying, if you don't, we will shut you down. We will revoke your license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will take away this. That is where government has gobbled up the mm-hmm. jurisdiction of businesses. And they've weaponized government agencies exactly. in order to do it. Yes. And so I'm not sure that there is a solution other than the church, first of all, needs to begin to teach biblical principles of jurisdiction. And how do we respond when somebody in a position of authority says, you as a Christian cannot meet here, you cannot speak here, you cannot pass out literature here? We have three examples in the New Testament, one in Acts chapter 4, where Peter and John are are out proclaiming the name of Jesus. A man gets healed. Jerusalem goes crazy, praising God. The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, and Ramalama ding-dongs, they all get upset, okay? (laughs) Wait, are so, you talking about right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this is right now. The Ram Ram Ding Dangs are for sure around. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, we got to stop this. Now, why do they say that? Because they knew if they continue to preach in Jesus' name, they're the ones who got Jesus killed. They're going to bring his blood on their heads, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they said, I know. We're the Supreme Court. We'll just tell them, don't do this. That'll work. That'll work. Now, what did Peter and John do? Did Peter and John stand up and go, Nanner, nanner, boo, boo, mm-hmm. we're going to disobey. No, they no. didn't. They applied Matthew 10, 16. Mm-hmm. Be wise as serpents, serpents, innocent as doves. So when somebody in a position of authority says to you, you cannot, hiss, hiss, coo, coo. Wise as serpents, innocent as doves. I've paraphrased it into three words you must memorize. All right. Those three words are, I don't understand. Because our first reaction when somebody in a position of authority says you cannot is to bow up. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win? The person in authority. Yes. Yes. So that's what Peter and John did in Acts chapter 4. They said, you tell us, Supreme Court, should we obey you or should we obey God? This shut the Supreme Court's mouth. Why? Because that not only were they the Supreme Court, they were the religious leaders. They knew the answer. You're talking you, about the Sanhedrin again. Yes. So for those of you who lost us a little bit, we're talking about the Sanhedrin yes. was the Supreme Court of Jesus' time. Yes, yeah. they were the Supreme Court, but they were also the religious leaders. They knew the answer. Yes. You obey God. So you know what they said? Pop, 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 pop. That's the way Pharisees walk. <laughs> just, just, just don't go do it again. And they kicked him out. They didn't have an answer. 
Peter I mean, and they John, did have an answer, but it wouldn't have benefited them. Right. Peter and John went right back out, did it again. They dragged him back in. They said, we told you guys, don't do this. What did Peter and John do? Did they stand up and go, we're going to disobey you? No. Here's what they said. We must obey God rather than men. Christians are always obedient to true authority. True authority comes from God. We always obey God. They didn't say we're going to disobey you, Supreme Court. There's a mindset of difference. There's a worldview of difference between me saying, I'm going to disobey you, and me saying, I must obey God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Christians need to have the mindset that we're always obedient. Who stepped out from underneath the authority of God's word? It was the Sanhedrin. It was the Supreme Court. Christians are always obedient. Christians are never to accept the label rebel. Okay? We are never to be re rebels against never true authority. Never to be rebellious, yeah. Against true authority, yeah. I got you. you. You see that in Acts 16. Yeah. yeah. Paul yeah. and Silas, unjustly accused, beaten, thrown in prison. You know, remember the story at midnight, they're, they're singing praises. That's yeah. what Christians yeah. do when they're yeah. persecuted. Yeah. Me, I whine. <laughs> but, but they were singing praises and the shake, shake, rattle, rattle, chains fall off. Yeah. Well, I think jail. sometimes, you know, we have forgotten who we belong to, who we right. serve. We've forgotten that we serve the Lord of heaven's armies, right? The one who spoke the world into being. And it's almost like we've reduced God to this, you know, little Buddha statue that you see on the yeah. on the dashboards of somebody's little, car. Yes. Big government, big G government has replaced. Little God. Now little G God. Yeah, yeah. So Paul and Silas, the next morning, we usually stop at the Philippian jailer getting saved. Mm -hmm. Next morning, Paul and Silas are in chains in prison. Oh. The magistrates go, oh, we kind of messed up. Yeah. So they sent word down and said, let these guys go. What did Paul and Silas do? Say, okay, we're just going to be gentle Jesus, weak and mild. No, mm -hmm. they said, uh-uh, you can't touch this. We are Roman citizens. They you feel tell you tell Good. the magistrates to come down here and esc send their policemen down here and escort us out the front door where CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and the we'll Washington Times and the Washington Post, because we're, we're, not, we're not doing these things in the shadow. Mm -hmm. Now, so much for gentle Jesus, weak and mild. Mm. We forget that Jesus, who is this Jesus we want to win people to? Mm -hmm. when, when he drove the money changers out of the temple? Mm -hmm. We think he lost his cool, that he was overcome by passion. No, the scripture says he sat down and braided a whip. Now, you have time to cool your jets when you sit down and braid a whip. You have time to be contemplative. Mm -hmm. He never lost his cool. He was deliberate. It is time for Christians to braid some whips. Mm, that's good. You see that in Paul in Acts 25, mm -hmm. where he says, you know, he was unjustly accused. Mm -hmm. The Jews put him before the Roman court, but they knew they couldn't prove the charges. Mm -hmm. So they said, let's get the Roman court to agree to transfer him to Jerusalem on the pretense that we will try him there. Mm -hmm. But they were going to assassinate him on the way. Yep. So Paul stands up and says, uh -uh. you can't touch this. I appeal to Caesar. Caesar. Mm -hmm. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't Rome a corrupt government? Yes. yes but yes. even a corrupt government has laws that protect its citizenry. And Paul was a Roman citizen. Peter and John appealed to God. Paul appealed to Caesar. We, as U.S. citizens, have a biblically-based document to which we can appeal. It is called the Constitution. Mm -hmm. If you do not know the biblical principles of appeal, 
and the constitutional principles, then you will either cower in fear. Which is what happened. Or you will do something foolish and stupid. Mm -hmm. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. Listen, when Mike invented the MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. And now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, which I personally love. And now it has a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. So say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Right now, you can buy one and get one free by using the promo code Heidi. Call 1-800-447-0541 or go to the radio listeners specials page at MyPillow.com and use the promo code Heidi to buy one and get another one free. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So then not being wise as a serpent, because you don't even understand the basis for the complaint in the first place. I was thinking, as you were saying, you know, Jesus was braiding a whip in the United States. And because of our Constitution, you have a whip at your disposal. It's called the law. And we have the Constitution at our disposal. And we've watched now we've actually had some pretty decent victories. Yes. In the Supreme Court recently, we've had uh, obviously the victory of Roe v. Wade. This is huge, which also that was always ever only an issue of jurisdiction, right? It was. This is why it was overturned, because it was never the role of the federal government. They were outside of their jurisdiction for the Supreme Court to say, yes, this is the law of the land. That was always a Fifth Amendment issue, right? Always a states' rights issue. I would say that the that until the Supreme Court rules on this issue, that if they do not rule, that it may lead to a civil war. Because yes. you cannot have, as you could not have, slave states and free states yes. side by side. Yeah. You cannot have pro-life and death cha- states yeah. side by side. Yeah. It's going to come to a head. The Supreme Court's going to have to rule on this. Yeah. Well, and it needs to as come. As they did it on needs, slavery. It needs to come to a head. And I wonder, as, I mean, t- to me, the fact that the Supreme Court overruled it, sent it back to the states, it gives Christians another opportunity to engage in the argument. Because for so many years, we heard our pastors say, well, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. The Supreme Court has already ruled. We sort of put our, we put our arguments away and we went home. This is actually bringing it back again to the people. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching as decision after decision is being brought to the forefront of the Supreme Court, we're watching now, I mean, we're only one bad justice away from a terrible set of decisions right. coming down from the Supreme Court. So in that regard, presidential elections really matter. I mean, if for no other reason they matter for the Supreme Court. Yes. I think Breyer will probably be the next one to retire. Mm-hmm. There, he's already talking about it. So these next elections really matter. You ran for office. I ran for office. We've got about uh, four and a half minutes left. I'm thinking in the next few minutes, talk to the the people who are listening to this who are afraid. And I, I, I address this all the time, right? The issue of fear and why God says you're not to live in fear. That's actually sin. When we operate in fear, we're not operating in faith, not, not being strong right. and courageous as we're commanded. Talk to the men and women who are listening to this right now who are like, listen. 
I want to do it, but I have a family. I'd like to do it, but I have a job. I, you know, what, how do I even know what God wants me to do, Bill? How do I know? I, you start locally and uh, I understand what fear is. I, I, I chose to address the issue of the cake issue and the bakery issue in, Calif- in Colorado. And I went to several bakeries and requested two cakes with Bible verses on them. And uh, I know what fear is because I walked around the block before I entered the first bakery. And I'm ashamed. Because I was ashamed to walk in and ask for Bible verses on cakes. Isn't that crazy? And that's, it's the, that's, col- it's that's the climate. But it's the climate. Yes. I mean, yes, you, you can so say I'm ashamed, but I think people understand that, yeah. right? Whereas Jack Phillips, it, it cost me nothing to do that, but it yeah. cost Jack Phillips from Masterpiece Cake Shop oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. cost Baronel Stutzman everything. It cost the Klein family everything. But you got to start locally, and you got to find one thing that you can do. You can't do everything. I don't care. Don't talk to me about, about the presidency. Don't talk to me about federal stuff right now. Talk to me about what's happening locally. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I recall seeing just recently a YouTube video where there was a junior in high school who— addressed the school board and she said, I was tricked into taking my clothes off in a locker room where there were boys and I didn't know about it. I'm a Christian girl, she said. Riley. And and I, you allowed this to happen. And behind her are seated parents nodding in agreement when they should have been up turning over tables, exactly. braiding whips and driving Come that school on. board out of the room and out of office. And we play nice. Yeah. Nice is not good. We need to be truthful and we need to be loving, but for this, the only adult in the room was that, that junior in high school. Yep. Where yep. are the adults? There, are, there is hope. I heard of a group of, of dads who heard of a drag queen show at a local library. They flooded the place, got there early, took every seat. And then when others showed up with little kids and had to stand in the back of the room, one of the dads got up, went to the librarian and said, Hey, your uh, your sign says this is limited to a number, a certain number of people for the fire code. These people breaking the law, breaking the law. So if you don't to ask them to leave, we're going to call the fire marshal. And so they shut it down without confrontation. Can you imagine yeah. how embarrassed that drag queen was sitting yeah. before a bunch of men like that? Right, who were like, "We know how wicked you are. Yeah, and, we know and how wicked you are. Reading, Go ahead, reading the magazines yeah. and yeah. newspapers. Like to see you yeah. try to twerk in front of a bunch of dads. Yes. Or and frankly, those men doing what God calls men to do. Yes, which is to stand in defense yes. and protection of women and children. Yes, yeah, we we can do this. Yeah, what happened with Target when Target opened its bathrooms? Well, I quit you going. Could, you could solve it like this. Yeah. Every church should have sent their elders and deacons down Come to Target on. and said and and put them right in front of the Come women's on. bathroom and said, "Hey, call the manager over and said, "Hey, we're about to enter the women's bathroom. Is that okay with you?" And he would, of course, have had to say it's corporate policy. Then they could have said to him, "Well, we're going to go back to our church and tell our people not to come to your business." Yep. We could have shut that down like that. Why didn't we do it? Cowardice, fear. <laughs> well, we don't want to be offensive. Yeah. The gospel is offensive, yeah. Yeah. and I, we don't have to be rude and crude. Like those dads at that drag queen. Wise show. as a serpent. Wise as serpents, innocent as dove. Hiss, hiss, coo, coo. Bill Jack, you are a national treasure. Mm. Thank you for coming to visit me. No, it's, in the it's great a joy. state of Washington. It's a joy. And uh, I'm just so thrilled. I'm, I'm literally just, I mean, he came to the front doors of the building today and I was just like, come and see what God is doing. You guys, you serve the risen savior. You serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's given you his word, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. There's no reason 
for God's people to be cowering in fear no. and running from the no. government. There's no reason, certainly, for us not to understand the history of our nation, to not understand the Constitution. These are things we're doing to ourselves. These are self-inflicted wounds. And people like Bill Jack at the front of saying, hey, guys, wake up, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. You, of course, the founder of Worldview Academy. Co-founder. Co-founder. We have about... 10 seconds left. Where can people find you online? Uh, Worldview.org. And they can find out all about our camps. Worldviewbridgeyear.com, which is our two-semester bridge year program in Canyon City, Colorado. And if they want to get a hold of me, they can just contact me at billjack4987 at gmail. I love that. Bill Jack, I love you so much. Thank you for coming and blessing no, thank you. my audience today. I can't wait to see where God takes you. Just run again. I'll help you. Okay. Let's do it. We'll consider it. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.